Welcome back to the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we come to talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, aka Jote Moniac. And today we have a returning guest that has been far, far too long. Uh, but James Intracasso is coming back. He is now the lead designer at MCDM, doing amazing things. And one of those amazing things is coming back and talking to us about how mcdm and you could add minions to your fifth edition game and their approach why you do it how you do it all of those things and it is a wonderful time with a great friend of the podcast but rather than me talk anymore let's head to the meat i'm starving we ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days why can't we have some meats? Looks like meat back on the menu, boys. So today for the meat, we have a returning guest. It has been far, far too long. Um, we have a returning friend. Let's just start start there because James Intercasso yes. is now the lead designer at MCDM, and you know him from countless amazing TT RPG products. And I put this in there because it is true: an amazing human being. James, oh. thank you for coming back on and spending some time with us. Oh, thank you for having me. I am glad to be here with two amazing human beings as well. Um, so um, amazing podcasters, creators, and just, uh, uh, you, you know, how long this show has been going on and it's been filling people's heads with like ideas, helping people get their games going. It's just beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing that you all have created and that you have nurtured and I love you for it. So thank you. Oh, we well, are so... So thankful to have you back. Yeah, yeah, it's it's always a great episode. And I think a lot of our listeners, too, especially those who have been with us from the beginning, get excited when they see featuring James and Jocasso in the episode title. So, yep. uh, right, listeners, you're all cheering right now. <laughs> That's right. They still haven't figured out that I'm not actually James Hake yet. And when they do, they'll be like, oh, well, oh, pretty good. <laughs> uh, too many Jameses. So we we talked about it a little bit, but certainly what have you been up to since last time you were on? And of course, anything you think that our listeners would would really enjoy to hear. Yeah, so it has been a while, way too long, too long since I've seen either of you, uh, too long since we've been to a convention, too long since we've done a podcast together. Uh, and so I now work for MCDM Productions, which is Matt Colville's production company. You've probably heard of him. Uh, and we put out some stuff. Um, so I put out a monthly magazine called Arcadia where that we have a bunch of amazing writers come and contribute to. Uh, people like Mackenzie Dearmas, who now works for Wizards of the Coast, um, has written for us. Uh, then we also put out a class, a new class called Beast Heart. It's a class where you have a pet, um, and the pet is like your main feature of the class and things like that. So all sorts of uh, cool stuff that we're making over there. And that's then second, just, That's the second class you put out, but that's just... That's right. That's right. Yeah. MCDM also put out the Ill Rigger, which is sort of like a reverse paladin, if yep. you will. A paladin who does uh, has a contract with the lower planes instead of the upper planes. Um, so, uh, you know, interesting, interesting stuff there. And uh, and then, yeah, in addition to that, I'm I'm working on other RPGs, too. I'm putting out Burn Bright. Uh, it's a sci-fi RPG yep. that I put out with Roll20 and all kinds of fun stuff. So, uh, yeah, yeah, just making as much as I can in the RPG space. That's sort of what I'm all about. So awesome. That leads us to the other important question. And I know it's super fun that I choose to do this because I, it's... Um, 
it's only really for you, I guess, and maybe a little <laughs> bit for me that I put the cover of the thing that we're going to promote behind <laughs> me. It has no use for our listener, but just so you know, listeners, they um, know it's there now. Yeah, I, I I usually do a themed background for these zooms, and you'll never see it. But James, what is there anything that you're currently working on that you'd like to talk about that you can talk about? Of course, I'm sure there are things you can't. But yes, absolutely. So uh, the big thing that uh, I'm here to talk about today is Flea Mortals, the MCDM monster book. And so this is a book that we're creating that is made to replace your monster manual. But you can also use it in addition to it to supplement if that's what you prefer. Uh, It's going to have the MCDM take on a bunch of different monsters. Uh, Right now it's being kickstarted. And if you head over to Kickstarter, you can check out our our sweet, sweet preview, which has a bunch of goblins, and our version of a giant eyeball monster and a thing called a corpse collector that is a construct made of bone that is, you know, controlled by a necromancer that they use to go get dead bodies for them to run their wicked experiments. Certainly. And we have that preview in hand. And of course, that, that's going to end up leading us to subject matter that we want to talk about we don't have a surprise question yeah I but i do though <gasps> perfect um, so I, i've got one for james so, yeah okay. we can't let him go without a surprise yeah. question he's a returning guest we got to give it to him so and this will be a good segue into our topic but we're going to be talking about minions so james i want to know um if uh we're talking about james intracasso being the campaign villain what kind of minions would you have behind you Oh, that, that is a wonderful question. Um, and so I am the youngest child of three. So my my whole life, I've been a minion in some <laughs> respects. Uh, I don't know if any of you are, are older children, middle children, but yeah, you always have a minion unless you're the youngest. Um, and I remember as a kid begging my mother to have another child so I could have a minion, right? <laughs> Did and you so, like that? Mom, I want a minion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm so shocked that she didn't give in to my demands. Uh, maybe if I had some minions, she would have. Uh, but, uh, but so I think for me, that is sort of the kind of minion I would want is uh, not necessarily like a child, but uh, some sort of probably um, construct that is like a horrible doll that goes around and does your bidding, but is also like complaining, doesn't want to do it, but yeah. does it anyway, you know, a little comic relief in there, but do also they all have your face as well. Oh, absolutely. They all have my and face. Their heads are a little bit, their heads are the same size as you. So like smaller bodies. Smaller bodies, smaller bodies, smaller limbs, but these, you know, these bigger. And I, I, you know, honestly, it's a good thing that this is a podcast because the listeners can't see that my head is already disproportionately large (laughs) for my own body. And so it would be even weirder on a on a doll. Right. But long my face, but long doll eyelashes so that when they close, you know, just the the creepiest thing so that then people would give in to the demands of my minions, um, which is something I wanted when I was a minion and never truly happened. But that's uh, what you got to do. You got to outsource the minioning so that the minions can do their own demanding. You know, that's that's how that's how it works. So that's what I would have. Creepy doll, little brother minions. So good. I just imagine they only repeat what you say, but sarcastically. Or, <laughs> and with a little bit higher pitched yeah. voice. Yeah. Who are you like, attack? And they're like, attack. <laughs> Amazing. Well, yes. well yes. that is wonderful. First off, thank you, Mitch, for asking that question. <laughs> but that leads us to the topic at hand, which, as we have stated and had that wonderful question answered, we are going to be talking about minions, which I feel like with fifth edition, this is a wonderful introduction to 
adding it back in. And like I said, having read the material, one of the key points that it really drew me into the idea is that it's those epic battles because there's something really scary about adding too many things. I know that's a thing I always think about as a DM. When I try and scale something up, I add people in and then you're just, and we all know that 5% chance is so real. Like (laughs) when you say there's a 5% chance, everyone that's ever played Dungeons and Dragons is like, then it's going to happen. It's going to (laughs) happen. I want it to, or don't want it to. Um, So the idea of making it have that epic feel, but not turning that danger to be overwhelming that you just killed your players because you added too many things or you in those moments, tailor it down because you're like, I'm going to kill them. And that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to scare them. I wanted to have a lot of things there. So that's a lot of me talking. So I will throw it back to you, James. What do you feel like is the idea that like brought minions to the forefront of like, this is something we really need to add to this book. Um, Cause like, it's like you said, as soon as I get this book, I'm throwing my monster manual straight out the window. <laughs> oh man. I hope uh, nobody from wizards is listening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who made a great monster manual, by the way, wizards of coast has an amazing yep. monster manual and, uh, and they're going to put out another one in a couple of years, a, a revamped dish. So we had to get ours in there, you know, in yeah. that window, we had to, to land it before that. Yeah. For me, minions right uh, i am a big and uh, i don't switch off the podcast after i say this but i enjoy fourth edition dungeons and dragons and so does matt and yep. so there are things about fourth that we wanted to bring in and neil you nailed it right that that was part of the fantasy very cool to go in and say like we're gonna fight 20 skeletons now we're gonna fight you know 20 goblins 20 zombies whatever it was and then you did and you felt super duper heroic while you were doing it and it also didn't really slow down combat, right? Like minions have these two things that happen, or there are two things that happen, I should say, when you add a bunch of creatures to combat that aren't minions. And the first is that it can become more deadly, but the second is that like, if you don't strike that right balance, it's either too deadly and everybody dies, or it's not deadly enough and it becomes a slog. Or it's like, oh, we're just, can we just, okay, now we gotta go through this one, now we gotta go through this one, right? And so the point of Minions was like, could we make something that in a group felt threatening and was an interesting challenge and fun to overcome, but also you fought them as quickly as you would an average number of creatures that you might fight in any other encounter. And so that was the big design goal. And that was, you know, every time I watch a movie, right, like Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, uh, most Marvel movies, right, there's always a scene where it's like, Four people take on like a hundred or more villains. And we just never get that in D&D. And so we were trying to see, could we get something like that? The other thing that really stood out was the, and like now, unfortunately, you've said uh, pieces of pop culture. So it's going to be difficult not to just talk directly to those. Uh, but, <laughs> but, the, but the thing about it is that it, it's not minions only. Because if it was that we were only fighting creepy dolls that looked like smaller brothers of you, it's not the same as you are the one that is there and you have minions. Because I think that's almost the key is that like to be a minion, someone has to air quote, have those minions be a part of their, their group. Because I also think about like Helm's Deep. And then you have the guy with the torch. Like, so that's not a minion. I mean, you, as many times as that enemy was shot, clearly that is not a minion. Um, <laughs> so it, it's having that balance of, adding minions to an encounter not just only having minions um because i feel like that would just it cheapens it it makes it weird too because then everything is just this swath i mean as fun as dynasty warriors is it gets old. 
Well, it adds to the other enemies as well, right? When you have like a bunch of goblin uh, minions rushing in and your players are just slaughtering them and they're getting little hits in and such, but it's it's like we've said, like it's like Gimli and Legolas at Helm's Deep, just taking them out, taking them out. Uh, When those goblin minis are rushing, but then you have a phase of the encounter where the ogre shows up and it's dragging Mm. the axe behind it. And that's the sound that your players hear, the scraping of metal. When that ogre walks in, it adds that powerful moment uh, more than just here's an ogre, but it's a phase of the encounter that's now like, oh, okay, we thought things were going great, but now here's something that's much more dangerous. Yeah, exactly. And when you can write the ogres there, you can bring minions in in waves too, which then also makes it more fun because it's like, oh, it's just us versus an ogre. Oh, wait, now every round four of these, you know, uh, orcs are showing up and now we've got to take them on too. Like that is some fun gameplay then that you've got going on there. And it's like, well, when when does this stop? Does this stop when the ogre, like, will they flee when we get rid of the ogre? Is there something even worse coming when the ogre goes down? Yes. You know, it's <laughs> it's fun to to play that game with your players and use minions as the constant threat of like, there's still something out there. This thing is still coming and, and still happening. And great minions can really support a, a character like that ogre in one way or another, right? And so that's that's the other thing is you want them to mesh well with these other creatures on the battlefield yeah and i think just like you said goblins are with ogres your creepy dolls are with you um the (laughs) idea that like a pit fiend would summon imps like you know so i I choose to make imp minions or and and i mean look at the image behind me you have the overlord and then you have these creepy eyes that are all around it like do i make those eyes the minions like you you do want it to be thematic because um the idea that like you know if we switch what no i get First off, as a DM and doing this the way we do, I, I just was like, no, I can make everything work because I was like, what if the ogre had the imps? That would, oh, that'd be super awesome because then they're obviously like an infernal ogre. Okay, whatever. Just just make that sure that they, that they fit the narrative that you're trying to tell because like, like, that's the most important thing. There needs to be a reason why these minions are coming out, not just because it seems cool, but like having at peace to make it feel epic because you're going to need to go through them to get to the ogre and, and continue forward. Yeah. Absolutely. hundred percent. Right. And, and so that's the big thing is how do you make these, uh, these swarms, uh, feel important and impactful, but also allow the players to like cut through them in a way that makes them feel heroic too. Right. And that's the balance we try to get to. I think in a lot of combat in Dungeons and Dragons, it's like, we want it to feel like a challenge, but we also want you to feel awesome at the end of it. (laughs) And that's, I feel like whenever we talk about balance, that's really what we're talking about, right? Like we're talking about how do we make our players like feel like their characters are panting at the end, but also like super jubilant in the victory that they have earned. Standing on a pile of minions. Yes. That's that's a big way to do it. Exactly. (laughs) I did like what you brought up before too, about having um, the minions uh, serving a purpose and can serve a purpose for that, the the real threat, the real enemy. And just, you know, my mind immediately goes to uh, that, Neil, you mentioned a pit fiend with imps. And, you know, as a DM, you can kind of think, like, how can this, this enemy use the minions to advantage? Well, one, it can just be a strictly an obstacle and an annoyance uh, to the the characters that they have to fight these as well as the pit fiend. I think of the pit fiend 
getting lower in health and all of a sudden he reaches over and grabs a bunch of imps and shoves them into his mouth for a healing mechanic. That would just make my players <laughs> like, oh no, like we thought we had them. And then it's, do we just kill the minions first to stop this creature from healing? I think of big beasts that can throw rocks and replacing those rocks with these minions aren't that important. I will <laughs> hurl these minions as a ranged weapon exactly. at these uh, at these players. <laughs> Yeah, I love that idea of just thinking about battle tactics and just uh, how can you make battle more interesting than just you hit, they hit, you hit, they hit. Yeah, that's one of the big things, right? We we have two minions in this uh, this preview packet for Flea Mortals, which you know Neil said does does include other creatures as well. And so there's a zombie minion and there is a, a goblin minion. And the goblin minion actually works really well with the exact scenario you were talking about, Mitch, with the ogre, because goblins uh, don't provoke opportunity attacks, right? Which is pretty close to the core goblin, right? The core goblin can uh, disengage as a bonus action, which means that their movement is almost never going to provoke an opportunity attack. We made that a little simpler and just said, goblins never provoke opportunity attacks by moving. Um, and so they can move. So the minions also have this trait called tiny stabs that when you start next to a group of minions, you automatically take damage. So when your turn starts, if you're surrounded by minions, you're taking damage, which is the fiction of them like stabbing at you with their tiny little goblin knives. And so the idea that a goblin then can move through the battlefield, this group of goblins could move through the battlefield and like surround and maybe lock down the wizard or an archer or that kind of thing really helps then that big ogre who's coming behind you because now he's only got to worry about the fighter and the barbarian, right? Um, and he doesn't need to worry about the wizard in the back slinging spells or that sort of thing. Or the minions could form around the ogre, right? And be like a shield so that the ogre is picking them up and throwing them at people like you had said uh and then uh they are working as his meat shields to keep the barbarian and the fighter from getting to him so there's a bunch of different ways that uh just with a with like a couple little tweaks each minion can work really well the zombie minions have this trait that when they surround you a lot of minions have this when they surround you sort of trait and the zombie minion trait for that is that they reduce your speed right and we've all seen that in a zombie movie where you're they're running and like it's the press of bodies and they're trying to grab at you. And so the zombie minions can reduce your speed. And if they reduce it all the way down to zero, you're restrained because they've grabbed you. Right. Um, so there's there's fun stuff to be had with minions. And I think thinking about like what is their strength in numbers really helps because then it, it can tell you like, um, OK, these minions that we have. They are not as powerful individually as one standard creature, let's say. But when they get together, they do. They can do some cool, interesting stuff um, that uh, that is fun. And so, like, think about that strength in numbers when you deploy minions. How can they work together when, like, maybe there's only three minions remaining? They can't do that thing anymore, right? <laughs> they they have to flee. <laughs> Yeah, you. I mean, you've mentioned the strength in numbers. You've mentioned that they by themselves are not that powerful. I guess one of the questions I want uh, maybe for you to um, to to clarify a little bit more is uh, what exactly makes a creature 
a minion, gives it minion status. And I, I know that typically we don't talk about mechanics that much, but I think that w- we need to in this sense of what makes a minion. Sure. Yeah. So, so minion is this idea that I think a lot of people know from fourth edition, but other games have them. And I like, I think Pathfinder calls them mooks. Uh, and, uh, and you literally took the word out of my brain. I was like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I thought it hard enough and you said it, it was great. And so the idea is creatures that go down in one hit, right? Like you, you attack them once Mm -hmm. and if you hit, they're done. They're down, right? Uh, and I think we see this a lot in video games, in movies, in books, in comic books, right? And we're just bringing that fiction to D&D a little bit more. And certainly there are creatures that when you're high enough level and they're low enough to CR, right, you can take them out. But this is sort of like creatures challenging for your level that you can take out in one hit. Um, and so that's that's the basic idea. In 4th edition, they had one hit point. Um, that doesn't work as well in 5e, because in 5e, you have spells like sleep, which would just lay waste <laughs> to entire groups <laughs> yep. of minions. Um, and so we created a trait, and the trait is, hey, when you're hit with an attack, you die. Um, and that's the minion trait. Um, so that's sort of the the very sort of high level overview of that. And so thinking again uh, in terms of like, y- you could very easily as a GM minionify your creatures by just applying that. Hey, if you fail a saving throw, if you uh, are hit with an attack, you're out. Right. And, and that's, that's how you minionify something. It's pretty simple, actually. Um, you know, there's some other finer mechanics that go into it. But that's the basic idea if you want your players to feel awesome. And then the other thing that we have done is we came up with rules for, hey, but you still like to roll damage, right? Like we're we're players. We love rolling damage. We love critical hits. Critical hits should count for something. When you hit a minion with a crit, it shouldn't just be like, well, you did the thing you would have done anyway. You wanted to feel special. It exploded. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so a big thing that we have to help with that like heroic feeling is the the idea of overkill attacks, which is like, hey, if you hit a minion and you deal a bunch of damage, you might kill another minion within your reach. Um, or you might like Legolas it up and shoot an arrow through a line of yes. minions or that sort of thing. So uh, that helps uh, as I well. I love that. I, I saw that in the book and I was immediately excited because I remember um, back when I first started DMing, there was one particular uh player that was at the table that didn't had no background of fantasy or anything like we had orcs come at um the play the player characters and everybody's on board and understands he was just like what is an orc i don't understand like he just he had no background to that whoa the the thing that got like i knew i had gotten him into D &D was he was playing a fighter character and it was 3.5 and it was cleave and he he attacked yes. and he hit and I said to him, Hey, with your cleave, you get to go again. And all the players just start chanting cleave, cleave, cleave. <laughs> and cleave is certainly something I, I think I missed from uh 3.5 yeah. and you've in a, in a big way brought that type of mechanic back, especially for these minions. I love that overkill attack um, part of this book. And like you said too, this whole idea of a minion and that simple change to any amount of damage from an attack kills it. That is something that's so helpful for a DM uh, rather than thinking I need this crazy chart <laughs> that has every single, how do I, how do I keep all these characters separate and keep their, their damage? You don't, if it's a minion, it dies. 
take the exactly. mini off the board or drop it down, whatever. It it makes those big battles, those big encounters a lot easier to run. While at the same time, like we've constantly said, gives our players a moment of, I am so awesome. I'm taking these <laughs> minions down. Yes. Yes, exactly. Right. And that's, that's what you want them to, to feel. I, I really want to feel like, you know, that scene in guardians of the galaxy when they're fighting all the, you know, and Groot sticks his arm out and it grows through a bunch of guys and he goes from side to side number and two with Yondu and the arrow flying yeah. on. Yeah. Oh. These are the scenes we're talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, and that's fun. Right. And, and, and to keep that kind of fun, but also to keep it snappy and interesting, I think is really, uh, is a great game night. Right. Um, because then you can also move on and, and fight just a dragon if you want to, or, uh, you know, go talk to the shop for as long as you want, because the GM isn't like, well, I got this battle plan with 20 creatures tonight and we got to get to it. And, you know, you can just uh, keep it rolling and keep it fun and keep it light. Um, and it also makes your villains feel threatening. I always struggle with like this villain is leading armies. <laughs> but they only have four henchmen in the keep because that's about what the characters can handle. <laughs> yes. Right? Like it makes way more sense if it's like, no, you can handle a lot more and it makes the villain seem more threatening. If you walk into a room and they've got 20 guards around them, watch the eyes of your players pop out of their heads as they as they try to figure it out. In fact, I like to tell people like, Hey, if you're using the new minion rules end game night on like, and a bunch of minions coming over the hill <laughs> and then say at the start of the next session, okay, these are minions and this is how they work, right? Like let them sweat it out for a week. How are we going to take on that many fire giants, right? Like you could have fire giant minions. They don't just need to be uh, necessarily like these mooks we're talking about. Um, they could be more, uh, if your players are high level, um, they could be, you know, like, Hey, you're, you're taking on some really huge stuff. Like, Raiden taking on Metal Gear Rays at the end of Metal Gear Solid 2. How's that for a reference that everyone will understand? (laughs) Oh, man. But yeah, what like if you haven't as a DM done a battle like that, imagine the uh, yeah, like you have that moment of fear like that your players (laughs) are experiencing because they're going and they're thinking about stats in their mind. And then you go into that battle. And even without saying these are minions, guys, don't be worried. But as soon as they hit and not only yeah. do they kill it, but you're like, oh, man, you got to crit time for some overkill attack. Uh, you get to hit the next like there's going to be this exciting shift, I think, for your players to be like, oh, my gosh, we're just sweeping the floor with these guys. But at the same time, you can be bringing to the table more challenges with you've got that boss somewhere in there or that leader. Yeah, I think it would be an exciting moment for your players. You bring in the fear. <laughs> <laughs> and, you let, and you and you bring that fear to be this fantastic Legolas and Gimli take cleaning out shop. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And let them overcome the odds yes. and their own fear. Oh, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So that's that's sort of the fun that I like to have with uh with minions. And then what I do is then I spring 50 real fire giants on them. Uh, oh. just so that they don't, you know, so keep them on their toes. <laughs> I don't actually. You like to bring oh. their, yeah, you want to make them <laughs> excited are. and you want to destroy their fun for the night. I get it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, I think that's one of the other the impo- other important pieces to note that like this is um, 
Speaking of weird references, it makes me think of Cookie Monster. Where now cookies are a sometimes food. Um, I don't think that using minions in every battle is would yeah. serve you, the players, or especially the idea of minions very well, um, because that changes it from fun to a slog. Because mm-hmm. they're then they're just something that's part of every battle. They just have to get through them. They, you know, you, like obviously my tone has completely changed with the idea that every time I go into roll initiative, I know that some aspect of this fight is is minions. Um, that's not fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's definitely something to be mindful of of how often you're using them. But again, I guess that goes back to my original point of like there's a narrative reason why I'm using them, not just because. Yeah, well, and it's important to know that like like any any creature, minions serve some characters better than others, right? A wizard feels awesome when they shoot a fireball and it takes out like 26 minions at once. <laughs> Whereas like if you're a low-level warlock and all you have is one Eldritch Blast, you're probably not going to have as much fun uh, taking out minions. If you're a higher-level warlock shooting Eldritch Blasts all day, then you might, right? So I think it's that sort of thing where you know, thinking about like, what, what sort of characters am I serving? Do I have the right characters for this? Are my players going to enjoy this? Maybe your players enjoy a more personal sort of, uh, you know, gritty mono e mono style, uh, story or combat. But yeah, I think minions like cookies are sometimes food. Indeed. <laughs> I've just, you know, as every episode, when we talk about things, my mind starts going off in these directions for me, like as a DM, how I can, implement these things and our listeners know i love the idea of doing an epilogue night this is such a like fantastic like what you brought up james about like it doesn't just have to be goblins it doesn't just have to be kobolds but like especially as you level your characters up like minions can be a whole array of things that are not very (laughs) very uh able to be minions when you're a level one party and i just think of like ending that campaign and having an epilogue night and going into the story of what happens to your characters afterwards and having just this battle that's there for the purpose of like highlighting and giving the spotlight to a character um, and having there be like a bunch of frost giant minions and this epic like battle where they're just running around and like climb up the ax uh, (laughs) to like chop off the head of a frost giant in one hit. Like this is a cool mechanic to, to yeah, as we've said, it's shining a spotlight on the player characters for the player's sake to be like, you guys are awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, this is going to blow your mind, um, but I keep thinking of dragons. Um, mm-hmm. uh, oftentimes when they're in dungeons and the minions that they would have. Um, <laughs> for my for my deep Whoa. cut, well, after I received the Drakefire amulet in World of Warcraft to fight Anixia, um, all I can hear in my head is many whelps left side. Uh, so the idea that whatever version you have of your dragon encounter, I think that's a really good way because one of the other tools is that it can both elevate the boss monster that they're fighting, but in the same way, kind of deflate some of the resources that the players may have, because that's one of the difficulties is once you have a singular boss encounter, you're, even if you're down to a four, but you know, my table six. And so like all six of them are all in on this one monster it's tough it's just oh, yeah. so tough i mean it's the whole point of legendary actions is well i guess so i'm not sad and i can do things through the whole round 
with the idea of adding those minions and then like you said are you locking up a character are you locking up resources are so there's a lot that you can do with those dragons because i think of an ancient red that's why those fire giants are there or yeah tons of things to do with dragons in dungeons it's crazy yeah yeah and that idea right that like maybe the ancient red has a bunch of uh you know smaller guard drakes or 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 wormlings or uh dragonborn minions right around them it becomes really interesting when you watch then the wizard decide well should i shoot my lightning bolt over here where i'll hit the dragon once and do maybe significant damage to this boss monster or i could try to take out like eight of these things in one shot Mm -hmm. and that like that's significant too right that's gonna have a significant impact on the battle and also more immediate (laughs) like like a dragon with 30 less hit points is basically as effective as a dragon with 30 more points. Um, but you take out those minions, right? That's a lot of actions you're eliminating from the combat and uh, you're, you're clearing a path for your fellow fighters to, to get there and that sort of thing. Um, so you're giving people these choices to do these really impactful right in that moment things when you use minions, which I think is also important for players because often... You know, often it's like, oh, well, I got the, the killing blow. And it's like, well, yeah, but this guy dealt 40 damage beforehand. And this guy dealt 60 damage. And this guy, dealt, um, you know, and it's it's teamwork. But when you can see the immediate impact of one action like that, it's pretty huge. Ancient Red Dragon that whenever it breathes fire, leaves behind a bunch of fire elemental minions. Oh, right there. yes. Yes. That's yeah. awesome. Oh, oh. Well, the other thing I thought of, and I'm only thinking of it now. No, I've thought it this entire time. No, I mean, like that's how <laughs> that's how these conversations work. But, but the but there also is that character I think of that you know if we think of the archer, like let, let, let's go that route. That do are they able to do a lot against the dragon? Maybe not. Like maybe like you know they have a bow and arrow, and so like them trying to like you said do what five hit points at a time, maybe ten. But what if they're the person that's now focused on minions and they're taking down one, two, three around, and now they feel like their contribution to the battle just jumped through the roof because especially like these minions are trying to go for the wizard, but the ranger cuts over and takes those three down and now the wizard can cast that lightning bolt at the dragon because they're free to do so. So there's a lot that you can really do, again, to tailor tailor the experience to the players because they're the only ones that are that are playing um so making sure that those minions are something that work well because that'd be the, the other flip side you know thinking of some cons is like you make minions that are way too powerful because of the composition of your group and then you're like oh no oops what do i do now <laughs> the whole idea of minions too and this this concept of any hit like kills uh to me just can really spur on such a like rule of cool mentality when in battle because i think once the players can grasp onto that whole concept of we're fighting minions for me if i'm playing well then this is my chance for my player to do the things that we'll watch in like action movies and be like whoa that's so cool that you know that character got uh, that character just took out an enemy with a pencil or something like that, right? <laughs> like you have the the archer like yes. character take an arrow out and rather than shooting it, like they just use it as their melee weapon to shove it through the cranium of one of the minions. And according to the minion rule, that works. You have them pick up a chair that's nearby and fling it at a minion and the chair explodes and splinters and destroys 
destroys that minion. Things that mechanically your players are not doing typically because, well, that's not good. You know, that's improvised weapon. That's not really going to do that much damage. Like, oh, that was such a cool thing to think about. But what a letdown when you talk about the mechanical way that that plays out. Minions are an awesome, awesome way to say, do those things. Let's have this be fun. This is your John Wick moment. Let's see you go crazy. Well, yeah, yeah, that you can do the the oh you wake up without any of your equipment. If the guards are yeah. minions, you you can really get creative. That's really a great point. Well, and the thing I think of is yeah, it turns those bonus. It, let's all talk about the player that does is uncomfortable with what we just said. That that's totally fine. Like I, I totally understand that mentality of well, none of this works. It's not in the rule book and, and things like that. And I'm, I I don't have I don't have a leg to stand on in that argument. <laughs> but but the version of that is. Okay, but that's what the bonus action is for. So many players don't have something to do with that bonus action, but that can be your secondary attack by using the bonus action to make that attack. So like literally that could, oh my gosh, that scared me. Um, My own child scared me. But But the idea of the archer pulling out the arrow and using the bonus action to make an attack with the offhand and then choosing to take their normal attack action in the fifth edition rules that's how this works. Like, and so you you yeah. can fit this fully with inside the rules. If the rule of cool, isn't as comfortable, comfortable at your table. And then you get that nat 20 on that attack with the arrow oh, going so- through the head with a cranium. So mm-hmm. you as the DM are like, yes. And not only that, but you keep it going. You hit that <laughs> next character and bring them both to the ground in a slit. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause, it well, cause obviously be a fun way to just deal, have crazy things in battle. Because that goblin minion was running too fast behind the other one and it goes through and they run into it forcibly (laughs) and then you pull it out and shoot the next ones. You do overkill damage. So now you've killed two, three, four more, depending on um, how you're going about it. I mean, like these are, these are the conversations you can have. And the, the, there's also this other flip side, which is something that we're planning on doing way, way down the line, but we want to make a class that's like a summoner class that you will create minions, right. And bring them in. So you could give your characters the the tools to say like, hey, you're like Mickey in uh, Fantasia and you're creating all of these broom constructs and each one is a minion and you can like send those off into battle. You're creating elementals, you're raising undead, you're, uh, you know, summoning angel minions, right? Whatever it may be, you are creating and now you're like sending them off to do things and maybe they're clashing with somebody over there while you go do this other thing, right? Or, Or battle somebody else. So you can also get involved with having minions on your side, right? Which also, I think, makes it interesting then for the players because they're like, whoa, well, do we use this action to attack? Do we use this action to try to summon or create more minions, right? If that's if we've, if we've got these broom minions that are marching along, like, how do we do this? Um, and give them more tactical choices, uh, which is fun. You, your cut was even deeper. Like, we're going to Fantasia. Was that, <laughs> was that from the 40s? Yeah, that's right. so, Original Fantasia. Oh no, not I agree. even not even Fantasia two thousand, which no, is like twenty two years old. By the way, I'm just going going deep. We're okay. supposed to reference pop culture as much as we can on this podcast. Oh, right? yeah. oh we are, <laughs> and so that I think that that leads us directly into a wonderful topic that we really enjoy here, and that's the idea. Before we do that, I just want oh, to just okay. say this isn't a minion thing, but just to, just about this book. One of the things that stood out to me in the introduction is one, it talks about the different types, uh, the different roles uh, of certain enemies that you might face. One of them is minion. And we've talked a lot about that. 
But just the the breakdown that you guys have in this book alone gets my brain working on how to make combat more interesting uh, with the different roles and how can I take different enemies and put them into the roles that you give ambusher, artillery, brute, companion, controller, leader, minion, so on and so forth. Uh, but yeah, this is a great book. Go to the Kickstarter, support them for sure. Yeah, I think, well, since we're going to do that, I'll do it as well. Um, so one of the other things that's really good is that people don't have a tendency to do, um, even in the things that I have designed, is to really talk about why it happened. Um, and, we, and those are the questions we're asking you now and the conversations that we're having is is finding some of the whys so that it makes sense when you add these things to your game. But there's literally box text that says behind the design. This is why we did it, um, which which answers the question of why you, the DM, GM, would do it or not do it. That's the most interesting thing I see about that box text is the reason that the person that reads that can find out why, you know, for this book specifically, MCDM chose to do these things with their design. And knowing that it could choose why I do it or how I use it at my own table positively or negatively, which I think is an amazing thing because that's the whole thing behind the minions. The the whole, the person that needs the most buy-in to this idea is the person running the game. Yeah. So, well done. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you both. Um, so it's, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of, we want to let people know why we did what we did so that it helps you understand the scenarios in which it's strongest to use these things as we see them. And then, you know, inevitably someone will say, well, what about this? And it'll be like, oh, that was a brilliant idea. I wish I'd thought of it. Uh, so, uh, but that's the fun of these games, right? That's the fun of, of coming on here. And like you two have already blown my mind <laughs> with more ideas of things that you could do with minions. And I've been thinking about minions for a year. So it's uh, it's pretty awesome to be able to collaborate with each other and, and talk about this stuff because that's what this game is, right? It's collaborating and telling a story. And all we ask, uh, James, is that our names make it their way into the credits of the <laughs> <laughs> All right, Neil, we won't steal your thunder. What's okay. uh, next on uh, our agenda? As always, we're going to talk about some homework, some things you can go, you can read, you can watch, you can apparently go back clear to the 40s and see some Fantasia. But okay. is there anything, uh, any other examples that we have from pop culture that we think would be good representations of minions uh, that, like I said, our listeners can go read, watch experience in one way or another? This is just so easy because we get to just pick any awesome like action pack. (laughs) But it's just kind of our chance to gush about things that we love. So, Neil, Mm -hmm. I know you at least will love this one. What about Samurai Jack? Samurai Jack episodes are fantastic for this. You just like, I mean, there's a lot of enemies that he fights that are robots. So it's it started it started not the last season, but it started as a, a children's show. So, uh, you know, having blood splatter across the screen probably wasn't the thing that they were looking for. But instead, he gets to jump around and slice through these these minions and their robot selves explode. Great yeah. inspiration for D&D, those episodes, those that show those episodes. And certainly for a seeing one character, which can be a, a couple of characters kicking butt and destroying minions. Yeah. And uh, to keep it to keep it in house, anything from Tartakovsky is going to be some good stuff. So, I mean, if you want to much, depending on your game, because yeah. like you said, if I have kids and then I can, I can talk about robots and blowing up and, and oil going everywhere. And like, it is what it is. Like, it's not blood. It's not, you're not in, depending on who you have at your, your table, you're not talking bo- body horror. Yeah. You're not talking a lot of things that said, if we do want to talk about all those things, <laughs> then we can watch primal because yes. it is 
so Amazing. much those things. Um, <laughs> and it definitely changes the tone of the games, the minions that you're fighting. Um, but same person. So, so good. Oh, and not same person, but I'm just going to interject and say to Neil specifically, if he still hasn't watched it yet, hit monkey on Hulu. Oh, I have watched it. It's so good. It's so weird because I watched so much Ted Lasso before I watched it. Jason today is not Ted Lasso. No, it's not. Yeah. But I have watched it. You know, I will say um, certainly the John Wick movies are something Mm, that come to mind when we talk about minions, right? And that's, I think that's a combination of minions mixed in with non minion creatures Mm -hmm. that John Wick takes on. Yeah. I think of The Walking Dead, right? Like The Walking mm. Dead is really a story about minions. And if you want to see, again, not for the faint of heart, um, but if you want to see some uh, interesting ways to interact with minions, <laughs> shall we say, <laughs> definitely you can see some interesting combat methods and things like that. And then I also, there's a video game called Dead Rising, which is also similar in the Walking Dead vein, but it's a, you're a, you're a guy Stuck in a mall is the first game, and it's a series of these games. And essentially, it's like about building things to fight zombies with. And uh, and that's really interesting for that idea of like, well, what can we use? What if we're yeah. what if we're boarded up here and there's a bunch of minions? How do we get out of here? So I think there's cool stuff there. And then my personal favorite minion story comes from an episode of the you thought we you thought we went deep before. Get ready. It comes from an animated episode of The Tick when The Tick was an animated oh, series Whoa. as it started where The Tick fights multiple Santa who is a Santa who can make uh, multiples, <laughs> multiples of himself. Yeah. Um, but he's an evil Santa, obviously. obviously. And his minions can be easily destroyed, but only by static electricity. And so like that's sort of an interesting take for like, hey, maybe you're maybe there is a minion in that they have like a weakness but if you're not using that weakest, they're not really a minion, right? Mm. And so, like, you have that fun sort of, and and when the moment when the tick figures it out, it's a beautiful moment. He swims through a sea of Santas and calls it a Yule Tide. It's great. You should go check it out. The tick versus multiple Santa would cost you 20 minutes of your life. It'll be the best 20 minutes you've yeah. ever had. Yeah. And the the video games aspect, like we've talked about, is yeah. is so interesting too. Again, and it sh- showcases how minions can can be in themselves just kind of an obstacle. It's not about beating them, but if you have a scenario where your player characters have to get from A to B, well, they're going to have to take down some minions that are there, but the minions just keep on coming and you cannot defeat them, but you've got to work through that, that horde, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think of one of the best D and D style movies and it's fun because I don't think I've been able to mention it in in such a long time um, is that wonderful Guillermo del Toro piece blade Two. Yeah, because they literally put together like a D and D party for some reason. Like one guy has like like very like when you think of like production level LARP costume, I'm like, why does and he just has a big hammer? I don't. I love this, but I don't know why it's happening. Um, but yeah, it, the other thing I think of with minions and a good like it, it's weird to circle all the way back to to some of our discussion, but the idea of wading through minions and that first thing that doesn't go down on one hit instantly changes what that like the feel of that battle because yeah. like oh wait what is this this isn't a minion it didn't go down and now now you're addressing potentially <laughs> the big bad that has hidden themselves amongst the minions um i take down. that arrow and i shove it into its cranium and you as the dm are like yes you do and it <laughs> looks back at you and blinks and growls yep. yeah <laughs> Well, yeah, no. and that's great because you can save that for if it's a minion that blends in, you can just save yeah. it for whenever the right moment is, right? Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. 
And our another our next super important question is where can people go, James, to watch all the amazing work that you're doing? MCDM.com, of course on Twitter, but where like where's the best place? How can we keep track of you? So if you want to keep track of me, Twitter is the best place. Uh, James Intercasso on Twitter. No spaces, uh, just my, my name. And I'm often there tweeting about role-playing games, but also my pictures of my dog and pictures of me sweaty at the gym. Um, so c- come for the D&D, stay for the me. And uh, it'll be... Uh, so anytime MCDM does something, I am often tweeting about it, but you can also find MCDM on Twitter. You can find us online, all that kind of stuff. Perfect. And we'll have all that in the show notes. And of course, like we said, head over to the Kickstarter. Um, if it's after it's go get it gone live, it's funded. So figure out what the stretch goals are because that's what's <laughs> happening. We we do have some fun stretch goals planned. Uh, so, but and and hopefully, Neil, you are correct. We will see. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm correct. Get out of here. <laughs> James, but James, thanks again for joining us, and uh, we will we a hundred percent will have you back sometime in the future because we love having you on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I love t- chatting with both of you uh, and would, would come talk to you about pretty much anything. So uh, so I'm, I'm excited and uh, it's just so good to see your faces again. It feels like maybe we are at the end of a pandemic, knock on wood. <laughs> One can only hope. We just want to thank James again for coming on, spending some time with us, telling us about minions and adding them to his game, our game, your game, any game you can. And of course, if you like that and you want to tell us how you've been adding minions to your game or the minions you've added, go ahead and email us at dungeonmasterblock at gmail.com. And of course, if you liked this episode, maybe you like some other episodes and you want to help us out, you can always go to Apple Podcast or your podcatcher of choice and leave us a rating and review, which will help us beat the algorithm, the true monster in podcasting. And of course, if you want to follow us on the social medias, you can go to Twitter and type in at DMS underscore block. That's at DMS block or find us on Facebook and follow us either of those places to keep up with what we are doing. And of course, as always, the Dungeon Masters block is a proud member of the Block Party Podcast Network, where you can check out other shows like Detentions and Dragons, Dungeons and Dragons and Daughters, DMnastics and more. But again, thank you for listening to the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we come to talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game. I'm DM Neil. Good night, good luck, and keep on Dungeon Mastering. I gave up. Whenever? I gave up years ago where they're like, oh, we're going to clap. I'm like, yeah, but the internet, like, so the claps like a beat off. Like, it's just stupid. Why are we doing this? I don't remember ever doing uh, It's that. a complete waste of my time. I'm not doing it. You don't want to work in a clap? No, no, I don't. You can if you'd like. All right. Okay. On three. One, One. two, three. Oh, that was awful. And I loved it. Um, and that made <laughs> welcome bloopers. Goodbye.